Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. <laughs> uh, my name is Todd, uh, and tonight in our firefighting family, I have uh, two members joining me. I have Ash. Hey there. <laughs> and I have Scott. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> apple chips. <laughs> Quietly eating your apple chips. Uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Is that usually Rob? Was it Rob that was always... Yeah, he was munching. Yeah. Always, right? Yeah. I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> we were just trying to fix the audio, Scott. Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, to our listeners, sorry about last week's audio. That was... Uh, yeah. Was dog think, shit. Yeah, that was the best <laughs> way that I was able to explain it. Sorry, it was dog shit. <laughs> um, any news tonight, there, boys, to start off? Yeah, I think we wanted to talk about the uh, United Airlines footage that we saw out on the Facebooks. Yeah, I think it was best described as it looked like a pod racer from Star Wars <laughs> hanging off the side <laughs> of the airline. So if you haven't seen the video footage, it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. I, and I, I'm surprised like no one's screaming in the cabin. Everyone's just like nice and quietly like filming. <laughs> just like, what? <laughs> they had um, a good number of people on board too, didn't they? Yeah, I, I don't... Yeah, I remember uh, seeing one of the cast there the, on the news about it. And there's quite a few uh, souls on board. And then that's when they showed all the other clips of the debris lying in people's yards. Mm-hmm. The yeah. engine cowling and stuff the size of the guy's house. <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a mile or two uh, debris field. and mm-hmm. It was in, uh, came apart above Denver. Somewhere above Denver. Some neighborhood. So no one was injured, I don't think. No, nothing no. that I saw. No, but, you know, it gets you thinking like, you know... Because we don't have a major airport around us, and, and most, I don't think, probably most small volunteer departments wouldn't have a major airport because mm-hmm. major airports are in cities. But if an airplane's flying over and it starts having problems and it starts coming down in your neighborhood, yep. mm-hmm. suddenly it turns into a, your problem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pretty, 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 <laughs> pretty darn quick. Very quickly, all of a sudden, this is yeah, my problem. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, you know, years and years ago, we we had. I think we talked about the plane crashes yeah, we had. We had the plane crash, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, well, we had, that was one weekend we had four, I think. I think it was three or four. It was when, well, it was when I was very young. It was like, mm-hmm. I was like seven or something. We, was it like yeah. an event or Yeah, they used to have a fly-in. Fly-in. Um, this, um, or something. Old World War II planes would fly in. There'd be like, I want to say like 40 of them. Yeah. They'd fly yeah. in for the weekend. Yeah. And then, uh, I remember that weekend because I lived near the airport. In a small airport. Um, I remember the one, the first one that crashed... It was this biplane, and it flew. It was flying like really low over our house, and we don't live that close to the airport. But it was flying super low. Turned out the pilot actually had a few in him. <laughs> you don't say coming to the wine yeah. capital of Canada. I don't think at the time it was a wine capital, <laughs> but he had a few in him. <laughs> um, you know, it was a. I think it was summer probably, but. He clipped the uh, hotel that was near the airport and actually flipped upside down and landed in the tennis courts, which had just right. been. Oh yeah, clear. God, we have you a picture. Had a good memory, man. You're like a fucking elephant. <laughs> Jesus, it takes me so long to remember shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're eight, you see the air, like four airplanes crash in a weekend. You remember that? Stuff. I forgot about that. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So there was that, and 
And then the brakes on uh, one of the planes, actually, as it was going on the runway, it, it seized up and it flipped over. So it was like, <laughs> took a header. So there yeah. was, was that. Um, there was a couple. There was one, uh, when I first joined the department up here, there was, we went to the airport for one of those as well. For the plane flipped over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that same weekend, um, there was two planes that actually touched wings. And that was where the fatal happened. And they spiraled in and they took out a half of a hotel and an orchard. Mm-hmm. And Because uh, that was the first time I ever actually saw a, a, mm-hmm. a, a dead body. When I was eight, because we had come down before the fire department got there. And, yeah, it's crazy. A lot of crazy things mm-hmm. in touch tips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> things can happen. Yeah, so, that was, yeah, that was definitely an interesting thing, but, you know, a small town like us and four airplane crashes in a weekend. Man, you know, yeah, I forgot about that. And then, um, early on when I joined... Um, where I live now, I remember we responded up to the bush. We had one of those same same planes, mm. one of those warplanes. Uh, they went down and they right. crashed up in the little saddle of the mountain above mm. the lake. Because hmm. didn't they always used to do a bunch of tricks and they yeah, they'd fly around, around and they yeah. do like loop de loops and I feel like they thought formation. they were stunt pilots back then. Yeah, but right. they really weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's they're like flying like. Like to say when you get a couple in you, <laughs> I think yeah. I'm a stunt something or other too. Well, they're flying like 1940 this. technology. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they. I mean, sure they run fine, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't be trusting myself <laughs> mm-hmm. to be doing loops and tricks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just just choking up anywhere. Mm. Yeah, it's. It is a good reminder, you know, and it's like what we say, it's the default of us getting sent on all these events, right? Um, so you got to be prepared for anything. Mm-hmm. And you never know the size of the plane that could be coming down that you could be dealing with it. Um, so, yeah, have foam capabilities, have some level of awareness. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yes, I mean, there's a lot of specialties to that type of an incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as we have a decent awareness level for that, that's a, yeah. that'll really help us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the... The volatility of the fuel, too, in some of those planes. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, next for news, I guess, uh, so an update on last episode. We talked about a Vancouver firefighter who uh, was injured um, while working a fire. He fell through uh, the uh, second-story uh, floor. And uh, the update on the media today was that he was um, out of the hospital. He's recovering well. And um, a little bit more information surfaced as well. He was, sounds like he was able to perform a little bit of a self-rescue uh, while his other teammates uh, went and rescued him and assisted him and packaged him, brought him out in the clamshell. So so that's good good news to hear. Yeah. He's recovering mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, brings us to the other one that we're all seeing there. Scott, do you want yeah, to start that? There was a big fire in Chicago or a few days ago. Um, it was, um, sounds like it flashed over at some point. Mm-hmm. And six or seven guys got injured, light burns, they said. Um, I think all those guys have recovered or are recovering. Um, but the one we all saw was uh, the, the guy on the roof. Um, sounds like he got separated somehow from the rest of his crew. This is in Chicago. Uh, he's on the roof and looks like he's starting to, like the, the news choppers above him. And it's kind of like he's realizing that he's nowhere, nowhere safe to come down. There's yeah. no ladder up there. Um, kind of fire's starting to push around him. Smoke's getting pretty heavy up there. Um, doesn't look like he's wearing SCBA, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, that yeah, that was footage when yeah. the helicopter was Unless, zooming yeah. in on him. Right? The only thing I think of is, you know, maybe he dished it before he jumped. Right, yeah. But, so he jumped from one roof to another. Um, probably, what, 
ten foot jump. That was a pretty good gap. Yeah. So he jumps and you see him kind of hit the. Um, he jumps over the parapet wall and mm-hmm. and uh, we're watching it right now. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if he ditched his uh, mm-hmm. SCV beforehand or or what what's going on there. But you know, that just kind of shows like they're on the roof. Oh, I didn't see that oh, one. I caught. Oh. Yeah, so we're just looking at the uh, fire pushing and the uh, firefighters are coming off the ladder. And the one guy gets uh, kind of trapped. Yeah, so this guy, when he's on the roof here, he looks like he's just kind of scooching down on his butt towards the, the edge uh, to prep himself to, to jump. And, um, yeah, the, it just doesn't show much if he's actually got a pack on or if he's yeah. already ditched it. Yeah, I mean, it just it goes to show about those roof operations that we always talk about. Right? You know, we don't really do very much for roof operations. We're actually talking about a little bit. We we practiced the last few weeks or last week. But um you know, I don't know. Um watching these roof operations, especially mm-hmm. in a fire that fully and that that involved, I don't think any it's a large venting, building. Yeah. yeah. Like it's already self venting out of multiple windows. But look at like the the one on the, the video footage of the guys climbing on the they don't ladder. Have SCB they've either. got no packs on, so I don't know if they're just doing those roof ops mm-hmm. um with no packs or, yeah. or what was happening. But, um, and it almost appears like it has, and then when it flashed, maybe this guy got separated and went to the end of the roof where it was safe. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's interesting to, mm-hmm. to see things like that in these big full-time departments. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I find it sketchy, you know, like I understand the fire science behind it, um, for certain applications, but again, depending on these buildings, there's so many of these buildings that you see this occurring on, why are we putting that much life safety at risk? Yeah, you know, for something that is gutted, there's for no sure. people at risk other than the fire like yeah. but there's no mm-hmm. patients generally. Um, you know, I, I just I find it hard to wrap my head around why they have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we, we get more and more firefighters injured or near misses from this. Mm. Right. But not saying you know it's bad all the time again, but that's right. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> which takes us to this week's practice. Mm. So what do we do? So, uh, segue. yeah, segue. <laughs> so what we have actually been discussing roof ventilation recently, um, here because we've had a few fires, uh, in the last year that have actually required us to do a little bit of roof uh, ventilation. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference be- being with us is we don't, it's not our primary go-to. It's right. almost like a follow-up. Um, it's like we try, a, we try a bunch of other options usually first. And then if it's still a problem in the roof or in the attic, mm-hmm. we'll go to that. We'll bust mm-hmm. up that next. But it's not your your primary go-to for a flow path yeah. for every yeah. you know, room and contents fire, right? Mm-hmm. No, so I don't think a lot of these yeah. other departments are doing that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think Western Canada area, I don't think anyone's, like, the, the, the call is never going to be yeah. um, first new engine, you're going to the roof. Yeah. yeah. Or second new engine. I don't think any of those, that ever happens um, around here. And because of these, you know, if you, if you type mm-hmm. in firefighter falls through roof uh, on YouTube, because I was actually doing that the other day during our, um, during our practice night, because I wanted to show guys some of the dangers of mm-hmm. roof ventilation. Yeah. And you literally type in firefighter falls through roof. And there's a lot of just pop- YouTube just populates, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Whereas if you type in firefighter PPE accident, there's like one. And it's the one we've all seen. Mm-hmm. And we have dissected it easily. Well, easily. We dissected it over the years on why it's happened. It didn't take very long to dissect. But it, the reason why those guys got in some trouble is because they were inside when they turned the fan on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they turned the fan on. You could see the smoke conditions were already 
very thick, very heavy. Um, you know, is that the one with the deck in the front? Yeah, they're, 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 I, I think it was a training. There's a training event, yeah. and then the one guy you see him turn and adjust. Yeah, so you could see flashes. already, like, it was yeah. already pushing. It was already way more than what, what you would do on yeah. a regular um, fire vent hole. Probably wasn't big enough in the back. Um, mm-hmm. So they turned on the fan. Um, it didn't look like there was any vent hole, actually, or a very small yeah, one. Yeah, it almost seemed like it pressurized the building mm-hmm. without yeah. a vent. Yeah, and sometimes people get that confused. Like we talk about that. Like there's positive pressure ventilation where your mm-hmm. you know your 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 ventilation hole is actually smaller than your entrance because you want to basically push it out. Mm-hmm. But positive pressure attack, you actually want a bigger opening or exit for your for your uh, products of fire because you yeah. want to you're put, you're literally getting that out of the you want it outside. Yeah, you're, making, it outside. you're creating that flow path so it's yeah, safe yeah. to go in. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you take out the whole window, maybe you take out a second window, take out a door, and that kind of stuff, yeah. getting it to come out one side. And initially, it looks scary. Scary. Like, yeah, because yeah, like, right. you're pushing all the you're pushing the, all of it out, right? particles and yeah. the, the fire out. Yeah. yeah. But even if you look at that, we were watching another video today. And I don't know where that was from. That the guy, the guy that was live streaming the. Oh. We were just watching <laughs> yeah. beforehand. Um, there's a there's a guy live streaming, and there was like a small apartment building on fire, two stories. Um, he was live streaming. It was he wasn't a firefighter, just a regular guy. Actually, I think he said he's doing snow removal. <laughs> so, <laughs> so live streaming, going around the apartment, evacuating people. But even when he goes into that the apartment that's involved, yeah. he, he looks up the stairs, and it's super clean up there. Like you can you can see the yeah. fire, you can see the glow of the fire. Because it's got such a good ventilation of the it side window, because when he ran around the side window, you could just see it. You, you can see side. it pushing yeah. out real well. Yeah, so I'm wondering if because they had the door open, was the wind blowing and pushing it? So it was basically doing its own ventilation. Mm-hmm. And in that video footage, that door was open the whole time with those other yeah, people, correct, out, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right with the wind because you look at remember like he came around the corner and the direction of the smoke in the That's video. Right. To where that building uh, door was, yeah. it probably was a little, just a little bit of a draft, and yeah. it was creating that perfect full path already out. Yeah. So even right there, that just proves that, like, even just adding a little bit mm. of pressure into that building, and that and it had a nice big opening on that mm. second story window. Right. Um, well, everything was pushing out the window. Nothing was staying inside. And like we always say, and I hate, you say it a lot, is you know what is fire? It's lazy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. fire's lazy. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> take the easy way out, right? Yeah. So absolutely, it's going to find that path of least resistance, and away you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that and that goes back to the roof venting. Like that's why we roof vent. That's why you could roof vent because it is lazy. Cut a hole, and it's going to go straight up. Yeah, but, you, you can control it yeah. very rapidly. But the danger is with over that the is fire. for sure. Yeah, and how long we know we talk about our our contents in buildings. How mm-hmm. fast rooms flash now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, you used to be at like the twenty minute mark, 15, 20 minute mark. Yeah. Now we're two, three minutes, and it's flash and rocking. So right. you know, our combustibles now, like, our average response times are going to be delayed. They increase traffic and population and everything mm-hmm. else. So we get there, mm-hmm. and now we're going up on those roof, doing those roof ops, and, man, that's been burning for a while. Like, yeah. how much of the structure is involved? Yeah. How sound is it? That's yeah. our worry nowadays. And then you look at these older buildings, like, so you got an older building, but you got new contents. Mm-hmm. So you basically shoved all these new contents inside these older buildings. Mm-hmm. Burning so, hotter. Burning hotter, but it's same wood, old cured wood, yeah. and it's just pushing right through there. And I think that's mm-hmm. why roofs are failing. It appears more than ever, mm-hmm. and people are falling through. Um, so, anyways, what we've because we need to do roof ventilation sometimes, whether it's a chimney fire that's extending into into the attic, whether it's the attic's involved and we mm-hmm. aren't able to get it um, from below, um, or whether we just cuts. Yeah, we trench cuts, yeah. or we yeah. want it. Yeah, we got a defensive yeah. uh, move, you know, like an apartment building on fire, and we have to do a trench cut. 
Um, we decided that we need to have a roof prop. So mm-hmm. one of our captains, Jason, um, new captain, um, he's got a crazy mind for things. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I we were having a meeting, we were at a training meeting, and I said we really need a roof prop. And I said, and I'd like to be able to put it on top of the burn building over the vent hole, so we could uh, literally pr- train it one day where we can vent the fire out of the into the roof prop and mm-hmm. make a you know, make it more realistic. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, any ideas? And he's like. I got some thoughts. Let me work on it. I said, okay. So he, now he's built this thing and it's on our, I think it's on our Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. It, it was shared. Yeah. yeah. So he's built this thing and it was way more than I ever thought he would, like mm-hmm. we can have, like it's, it's, it's adjustable. So you can make uh, ang- a pitch on it. I um, mean, you can do flat roof. He's got it high enough that we can go over the vent. It's all made out of metal. And um, he's actually going to have two of them so we can do different options. Mm-hmm. Um, it's portable. So, well, portable in the way that we can use a crane on it. Mm-hmm. No port, like we can't really lift it. But it's portable enough that we can actually take it off, which we did last week because it was we we're gonna practice, and then it turned out it was like a snowstorm. So we're like, eh, let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, you can place it on the ground yeah. with a crane, or place else. It on the ground. Or yeah. what we did is we placed it on our our deck truck on our high hub, mm-hmm. placed it on the deck, so um, the guys down below could actually view the cuts and stuff coming through the roof. Mm-hmm. Prop. Nice, yeah. And um, so that worked really well. Um, it's was, it was an awesome prop, um, and it's totally replaceable. So we can just slide in panels. And just keep chopping all day, all night long. Um, so what we did, we talked about um, the heat hole, so the general roof ventilation, like cutting the heat hole and uh, those products of uh, combustion out. And then uh, some other options we talked about is, is making that smoke hole cut to observe conditions. Yeah, your inspection hole, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so then we also talked, well, okay, we cut this small hole. Well, we also have the um, uh, piercing nozzle, piercing nozzle that yeah. we that we use often. So we actually stuck the piercing nozzle through the hole and it works. And it was actually really cool because the guys got to see what it looks like. Cause you know, when you're using the piercing nozzle, like I say, the piercing nozzle is probably the most boring fire fighting tool on, <laughs> right. a, on a truck, but probably one of the most effective. Yeah. Like it works so well. You shove it in the hole and then it does something up there and you're like, and then mixing the fires out, you're like, mm, that's lame. <laughs> that's kind of painful. Yeah, yeah. Cause you want to rip stuff down and fight this fire, right? You want to see it. <laughs> So just showing the guys what it looked like, so that when like we we cut these we cut the inspection hole, the smoke hole, whatever you want to call it, in the um at in the roof, and then we stuck the piercing nozzle in and let it run, mm-hmm. and the guys could see that sprinkler effect and see how effective it would be in a in a in an attic, yeah, uh, and the work it could do. Mm-hmm. So then we did that, turned it off, pulled the nozzle, and then the guys did the, did the actual cut. Mm-hmm. So that went really well. Yeah, um, I mean it's just standard. Standard roof ventilation. Um, but it's one of those skills, too, that, I mean, everybody practices it at some point. Like, you have to learn it. Yeah. However, because we don't go on our roofs as much as other places do, yeah. you know, it's one of those skills that you, you generally don't go to. Like I said, it's not that typical grab bag and, yep, here we go, up right on the roof. So it is still a good, good what, practice. And this, we hadn't done this in years, and, and since the last time we did it, they've added... Whoever added, uh, they've added something new, and that was I don't know if you've done this adding the um, halogen bar on the low side of the cut. So oh, for can, uh, for a step, a step, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. never we never used to do that, and observed that. I was like, oh, let's try that. So we actually we did that on the prop, and it was it was worked great because there's yeah. always that kind of awkward. You're you're kind of hanging half off the ladder trying to saw, and it's like it's super awkward. I wish I had a foothold. Mm-hmm. So the halogen bar, you know, you just put your foot out, step on it, and then it's got that little. Um, not just step on. Yeah. So that thing worked great. Um, it's still, you know, yeah, like you said, if you don't do it, 
Um, just watching guys cut awkwardly with a chainsaw because it's an awkward cut, right? It's not like yeah. you're you're not, not on stable ground. You're you're trying to cut this uh-huh. hole, and it's very awkward angle. And but and some guys, even even guys that are savvy with a chainsaw for cutting wood and everything else, because you are now potentially switching hands for the yeah. different angle of the cut, and depending yeah. on which side of the ladder you're working off of, it does become slightly awkward. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, uh, Carl <laughs> was the first one up uh, last week. And uh, he, he volunteered to be the first one up. So I said, uh, and we had put the ladder down already. I said, Carl, it's your choice because, you know, the prop had four cut holes. Like, we, I had four holes marked where we could cut. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's your choice where you, what you want to do. <laughs> so he slid the ladder over. So I said, yeah, you get this first cut at it. So he got to do it the, the non-awkward way. And by the end, oh, the guys ahead, that didn't yeah. put their hand up first, they had the awkward yeah. you know, left-handed yeah. cut. If you're not left-handed like I am, it's going to be awkward for them. And, yeah, yeah you could see it in the guys mm-hmm. when they're trying to cut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think what's cool about that too, <clears throat> when Jay was starting to uh, make the design for it, we also talked about what do we usually do up on a roof? We're up there for chimney fire. Like that's ninety nine percent of the reason why yeah. we, we'll be going up there is there is a chimney fire. Um, maybe all we're gonna do is inspect the chimney, drop some of our uh, uh, chimney bombs down mm. there. Uh, however, with this new prop. We've got some design thoughts where we can actually build a chimney right into the prop That's right, because yeah. it's going to be over that uh, that uh, vent hole. Um, if you build the fire directly underneath the vent hole, it could then, you know, it could uh, mimic yeah. what a, a chimney would would be like. You can still drop that down. You can, um, you know, attack it from the top. You could. It, Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, you, yeah. you can throw a sleeve in there too, in between. That's removable oh, for you guys. Absolutely, that's the nice thing with your, the size of your prop that Jason built. Yeah, it's um, it, it's very universal. Where, like you said, you can move it to the ground for other operations. You can put it back up on your on top of the the mm-hmm. sea can and do it, use it that way. Like yeah, that's, for sure. Well, that's awesome. Great. Yeah, on the flat roof angle, on the angle, on the flat roof side of things. Uh, so what we did is we did the um, pitch roof. Talked about that, did the cuts, went back inside the classroom, um, talked about some flat roof operations and some, like, basically the defensive operation known as a trench cut or yeah. a strip cut. Um, mm-hmm. So while we're doing that, Jason was outside uh, lowering the prop. So when we got back out there, now it's, it's flat. Now it's flat, and now we're going to do some um, trench cuts. You don't have to do a trench cut only on a flat roof. It was just, mm. it was one of the ang- um, topics we were discussing, um, doing it, you know, on these bigger buildings, which are typically flat That's roof, right. like... Mm-hmm. You know, apartment buildings. Um, you had some experience in that, uh, Todd. You're probably the most recent one to actually do a trench cut in in our area. We did, yeah. That was that was a good number of years ago now, actually, too. Yeah. You guys came down and helped us on that big structure fire we had. We had an apartment complex on the lake, and um, yeah, there was one, two, three, maybe four apartments going. Um, but yeah, we had to go up. It was a flat roof building, and uh, we had to go up on the roof and do that trench cut for it as well. And of course, your typical, you know, when you think of a, you know, cutting a roof, we automatically default. In my mind, anyways, I go to, you know, that shingle roof yeah. versus, versus the, the tar and gravel. Tar and super gravel, thick, yeah. And now you're yeah, Which is always a flat roof, is always a <laughs> saw is dull after the first couple of feet. It's horrible. Yeah. It's the worst cut to yeah. do. But yeah, they, they're very, they're challenging as well. And to identify where you're cutting in that trench cut is very difficult as well. Yeah. I find because as soon as you get back up on that flat surface, 
it's very hard to identify, okay, well, where's the firewall? Is there a firewall? Like, where, where do I exactly need to be cutting? So it's right. really important. To, yeah. And the whole time you're up there, the fire's progressing towards you. So yeah. it's not like, that's, exactly. that's the whole point. It's a trench, right? You're, yeah. you're doing this defensive thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I think one thing that, um, that, I mean, we haven't done one in years and years, but uh, one thing that we might be forgetting is we have to do a heat hole first yeah. to kind of draw the fire into that heat hole and then, you know, take 10, 15 feet back and then do your trench cut. So it kind of slows the fire progress down by basically cutting a venting hole. And then as it, yeah. So um, I was explaining to the guys, essentially we're abandoning those apartments. Like we're leaving whatever, or whatever's burning. This is where we're drawing our line essentially in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cutting the, cutting yeah. the roof. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, it, it all comes back to flow pass, right? So that you're, yeah. you're trying to guide it towards you so you can yeah. do that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so the guys, uh, they like doing that, I, I think. Um, and then one day we'll put that back up on the burn building and light her up. And mm-hmm. It'll be a different animal. Yeah, and it's nice, like you said, the way he made it with the hinges. Um, and uh, that's just aluminum, was it? Or what was I that? I think I it was, uh, yeah. Or steel. galvanized steel. steel? Yeah. 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 Yeah, from his work, I think he had some uh, le- bunch of leftover material. Some scrap, yeah, for yeah. sure. So We're going to yeah. get rid of it, so. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's nice. It's very universal. Like you said, you can flap it down yeah. to that flat roof style. Mm-hmm. And build onto it with that chimney prop, and yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome for that building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it'll be a good good prop to keep using. Yeah, might even pull out for seminar. We're talking, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. And he's gonna build two. So he'll build two eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. one of them takes up half of that that roof. Mm-hmm. So a second one would make it for the most part. What if we put that roof prop over our uh, burn our burn pan? Fuck. <laughs> out of that. <laughs> not with, not okay, with, yeah, not with 50 gallons of fuel in it, but yeah, you know, a less, yeah. build a little the fires inside. That'd be yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, I was trying to figure out right. a place to put that thing over. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah, 20 feet in the air. You guys that's are right. here. All your fancy training grounds and multiple burn buildings. <laughs> <laughs> all these options for training. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, awesome. No, that's, that's great. It's... Um, that's a huge asset to be able to keep doing that yeah. type mm-hmm. of training. It's good. Um, what did you do on your end there, Ash? So we we did car fire, and car fire is uh, it's a lot of people's favorite call because it's yeah very intense with generally low like low consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what so what we ended up doing? I had a couple of our newer recruits, or I, they're full members really, now. I was going to say not really recruits anymore. Yeah, these guys are, yeah. They, <laughs> you're in, full, actually. Yeah, everybody, you're in. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Um, the weirdest year, but you're in. <laughs> um, so they haven't been through a, a legitimate car for our practice. We've talked about it with them. I think they've almost all been on car for our calls as, as backup. But uh, so I, I had with um, Rob, um, the other half of the department. And so we just basically went through car fire. We uh, lit it in front of everybody and talked about how quickly it can build, um, what our general uh, response time is. Like, we're on scene. We're supposed to be on scene in 10 minutes or less. We're on scene a lot faster than that as a general rule. Um, so saying, like, how long this is going to take to uh, build in inside of the cab of the car um, and then talked about viable save. So what, mm-hmm. what that might look like, right? Everybody is uh, quick to rush up to car on fire, uh, trying to make that save if there potentially is somebody in there. 
And that's always going to be in the back of our mind that, hey, like, you know, we might be told there's no one there, but we always have to be, you know, double, triple sure. Um, however, watching this thing build from ignition to, like, completely unviable life yeah. was a minute, maybe. Like, we're not even at the hall yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and this thing, if this thing was burning in the parking lot at the department with somebody in it, it would still be a challenge. I think we definitely, like, had some, ex- like, not accelerant, we had a uh, Tiger Torch, which is not your typical ignition point. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't, like, let it in there and rock until it went full no. rock? It was, like, no, so we just went in there, like, got it going, thing. as soon as we, we had it lit, so there was a visible flame, yeah. we pulled it out on the first one. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah. we, we just got it going, backed ourselves away, and then watched. Um, Which, and then, yeah, I think that's very important to watch. Uh, it's important to watch those fires correct. start right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a cold start yeah. in a burn building to watch, to observe, see what that behavior is going to look like. So on the car, seeing how fast it starts to, um, the moment it starts to actually like, you know, candle up the seat mm-hmm. and spread to the roof liner. Once that roof liner is going, it was like nothing, nothing, black smoke, black smoke, completely involved. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, like a minute or so and it was ready to rock. And uh, um, so we got everybody set up. So we pull two lines every time. Um, yeah. You know, you don't have to have four firefighters <laughs> to run two lines because they are just a pre- pre-connected inch and a half. But uh the attack team is going to be a uh, nozzle person and a backup, uh, and then we do have a protection and and a cooling line pulled as well. Um, and their job is obviously protection for your firefighters that yeah. are going to be approaching the car. Um, and then if there is any fuel, oil, any, anything flammable that's going to be dripping off of the vehicle, to be pushing that away so it's not going to be rolling out towards the uh, firefighters that will be approaching the vehicle. Um, the other thing that we talked about, every video that you see on the internet is uh, car fire, they pull a line, and they are rushing the door. Yeah. So, yeah. like, and we talk, talked about that, and every crew that we went through <laughs> rushed the door. So, we kind of pull it back, and I'm like, hey, spray spray some water. And they spray it over, I'm like, how far is that reaching? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. pretty far. I'm like, yeah. So, you could do... 50% of your job from way back where it's safe, knock it down, and then proceed up closer because it's everything that's dangerous about a car car fire is at the car. But mm-hmm. we've got reach a stream is crazy. So let's utilize what, what, what we have, knock yeah. that down before we're putting ourselves at risk. Just because I'm 15 feet from the car doesn't make me any more or less effective than if I was 25 until mm-hmm. it's knocked down, and then you can, you know, get up there and actually do some inspection, um, get that nozzle inside of the vehicle, not your head, and actually yeah. start mm-hmm. to uh, put out the uh, fire a bit, so then you can see exactly what's going on. I think our main thing, and if car fire is always, I always worry about the exposures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exposures, exposures, exposures. Um, whether right. it's dry grass around the area in the middle of summer, or when, when you know, a lot of times it's parked in a garage, or near a garage, or... Or other cars, like, mm. you know, um, well, you guys had a car, uh, not a car lot. Um, oh, the car lot, yeah. 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 Is it a car lot or not? it's like a... <laughs> it was a car lot. Well, yeah. not, not a deep car dealer, but... Yeah. Um, junkyard, car like a junkyard. Junkyard, yeah. Yeah, there so yeah. if that starts going and then the, the whole place, you know, and then now you yeah, have five cars on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so right. you want to get that exposure as 
those explosions dealt with. Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, it's the same old conversation. It's and like everything in the fire service, whether it's patient care, patient rescue, motor vehicle accident, or car fire, it's the the event or the patient's condition dictates our response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a car fire with no patients in there, like I said, we're, we need to control the exposures because it's not like we're going to, hey, we got that car fire out. Hey, we saved it. They're going to be driving it tomorrow. Yeah, right. Saying, no. Like, it's yeah. done. Yeah. It is written off. No mm-hmm. ICBC. There's, it's not getting not getting yeah. redone. Not, it's getting, not going back yeah. on the road. So why are we putting ourselves at that much risk? That back mm-hmm. to the risk versus benefit. And uh, yeah, I said, like you mentioned, that reach a stream, do it safe, knock it down. But then again, you know, like you said, if it's multiple cars or a car in a tight lot, mm-hmm. well, now that's going to, our response is dictated by that scene. So we're going to be going a lot quicker for you sure. know, and a little bit more urgency to maybe get in there and suppress it because to the potential for doing all this other environmental damage right. and other vehicle yeah. damage. So, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. If you, and, and back to the, you know, the victims inside, um, like in a house, a house is pretty big, even a bedroom. Yeah. Pretty big. But now if you imagine like an ensuite bathroom and shove two couches in there, now you got mm-hmm. a car fire. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially that's what yeah. you know, you're sitting in so you're sitting in your ensuite bathroom and two, and somebody likes your two couches on fire that are now shoved in there with you. <laughs> that's essentially the material you're dealing with inside a car fire. You ain't gonna last very long. <laughs> I, I just had this flashback of like a hoarder house. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was the it was actually the seminar video. Uh, Spencer right. sitting on the oh, couch yeah, yeah. Re- <laughs> reading, reading the newspaper, reading the newspaper yeah, that, that was on yeah. fire yeah. and then the coach behind him on fire yeah. as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he started getting up when he said it started getting really hot yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should find that video again I got it somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see him kind of shake the fire off his gloves yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man and you know we talked about what a car fire means to a vehicle. It's like you were saying, mm-hmm. it's not like they're going to get that fixed up and driving tomorrow. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. If there is a fire inside of a vehicle, more often than not, like a 90 plus percent, that car is a write-off. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a dash fire, if it's an en- engine bay fire, uh, we had a car fire uh, this summer. Actually, yeah. it was an old hot rod. And the only saving right. grace was the fact that uh, Rob and his boy, it happened outside of his house. Yeah. So they ran down there and dumped a dry cam immediately, and yeah. that's getting fixed. So that's cool. Well, the other same grace is what, it was an old hot rod. That's right. <laughs> and it wasn't full of plastic. It wasn't full yeah. of plastic. Exactly. Very minimal things to burn. Yeah. yeah. So it started out as a fire under the hood, yeah. and because it was all steel, there yeah. was nothing for it to really mm. advance to, right? It didn't mm. have that... That uh, hood hood liner that yeah. can catch it and have all the plastics and rubber yeah. um, like they do today that could you know ra- spread rapidly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean knowing that that car is going to be a loss. Um, we had a um, a vehicle fire uh, this whatever fall it's winter fall, whatever right. fall. Um, a gentleman was in the vehicle, small electrical fire, and like it was small, like, it wasn't. A large fire at all. If you drove by the vehicle today, which you still can, um, it, it looks exactly like it should, other than the front window is uh, black. And black, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a tow truck, and it's worth $80,000, mm-hmm. and it was right off. 
and it was an electrical fire under the dash. So, yeah. realistically, they're not going to fix your car if it's on fire. So, if there's no patience, or if it's rolling, yeah, there's there's no reward to put your firefighters yeah. in that kind of danger. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places, I mean, the internet rattles me because... People will comment about like, like, why do you need like they'll just pull a trash line or they'll like, why do you need to have a protection yeah. line there? Um, I mean, maybe if it's a staff department where all they have is you know a two guys chauffeur, <laughs> chauffeur. <laughs> an officer and one and one firefighter or whatever it is. Um, yeah, there's just gonna be one guy pulling a line and that's what he's gonna do. But mm-hmm. uh, for all of the other departments that are like us that are gonna be responding with four or five. Uh, firefighters, let's get that second line pulled. Um, okay. It's it, it's just for safety. And it helps cool that fuel tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, fuel tanks don't blow up like they do in the movies, but they do rupture. And when they rupture... Almost every time. Yeah. yeah when they rupture, the freaking fuel spills everywhere. And it's, big, it's a pain and it's, in the it's, ass. It becomes a pain in the ass. Pain in the ass, ass yeah. and, it's, and it's time-consuming, mm-hmm. and now you might have exposures involved. It's in, environmental. I mean, it's a it's a pain in the ass. So like, yeah, why right. don't we cool that gas tank? From underneath, using the uh, mm-hmm. protection line, and then yeah. after we got it knocked down a bit, move up, put it out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's what. And again, I think it goes goes back to depending on this what the scene is. That's going to dictate our response. Like you said, if, if it's just an an engine compartment fire that's contained, that's yep. smoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why we have piercing nozzles. That's why you can go in and, and breach the hood and suppress it quickly. Mm-hmm. So absolutely right. Then you can get in there and rush. And hey, it's just isolated to that engine compartment. Yeah. Who knows, and who cares if the insurance company is going to keep it or not afterwards? Mm-hmm. I really don't care. But you know, that's a that's a uh, I shouldn't say an easy fire to suppress, but it's a smaller fire to suppress versus, sure. like you said, now it's not getting into that fuel tank and and it's going to be uh, causing all sorts of other exposures. Because you take a you look at all the work we put onto a certain car fires, it seems like so much overkill. Mm. Versus now you have a car fire up on the pass where there's no fire protection zone. There's and the forestry <laughs> goes there and they sit there and let it, let it burn. Yeah. And they, you know, control any exposures or fuel mm-hmm. runoff with a shovel and some gravel and a 300-gallon water tank. Yeah, and you it. have a melted patch of pavement for the rest right? of the year. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You always drive them on the, on, up in the mountain passes and I'm yeah. like, oh, car fire, car yeah. fire, car fire. So driving again, it, like car it, fire. it depends <laughs> on that response, right? Like, or the event's going to dictate it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 I think you mentioned something there. If it's a engine fire, like something in the engine bay, um, a lot of the times it's a pain in the ass now to, to gain access to it. Mm-hmm. So we've been training with uh, some newer techniques and tools. Um, it'd be sweet if you could just reach in there and pull the old hood, hood release latch and <laughs> until it melts off. Until it melts off in your hand. It's because, usually gone. Yeah. It's dicked, right? So we have always, for, for a year, I mean, since I've been here, uh, struggled with, you know, Halligan, mm. and you're trying to bend shit. And... Well, we had, that, we had, we had the, that wire twister thing out for a while there. You'd shove it in, and you'd wrap the wire, and then you'd manage to pop it. But that oh, worked like, pull it out. Yeah, that worked like yeah. once, because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> it's smoky, and you can't see anything. It's like, mm-hmm. and so, that thing usually breaks off, so. Yeah, so we did a couple of things um, after we did the first push. We then pulled everybody over to the hood, and we says, okay, there's a couple ways that we that we could do this. So um, if it's confined to the engine bay, or if you've now extinguished the majority of the fire, but you're still having some action in the engine bay itself, um, we have our piercing nozzle, which you can smash through the headlight, and there's yeah. generally a void space behind that, so that's going to get in there. Um 
you can take the uh, ads of the Halligan and smash it onto the hood, make a crease, and then um, set the pick in there and then roll it up. And it's going to give you a little bit of a access point right at the corner of the hood. And then you can spray in and you'll knock it down a bit. But you still have to get in there and now you're going to be fighting it. So we have acquired um, and we've been building on our uh, portable battery power toolkit. And we just upgraded to a larger 9-inch Milwaukee um, grinder. Right. So we had a six and a half before that we had on the rescue truck, which is awesome. Uh, we use that if you have to gain access to something with a lock that you can't quite uh, mm -hmm. um, smash off. Or, you know, it's just mm -hmm. nice to have some of these things. Um, but so now we're going more towards the car fire side of it. And we took that six and a half. And we're like, hey, what if we were to cut and actually remove the portion of the hood that's surrounding the latch? Um, but the six and a half, because, you know, six and a half, you're only going to be getting maybe three inches worth of disc that's going to be mm -hmm. penetrating the hood um on some of these uh cars you got some pretty thin hoods some some pretty thick ones so it wasn't quite enough um where you can make multiple cuts before you started to lose the depth of the of, of the blade so we went to the nine inch and this thing cuts like butter um mm -hmm. it can uh you know, remove that section of the hood. We kind of tested a couple of square cuts, a couple of V cuts. Uh, that worked out really well. Uh, we actually used the uh, uh, drop saw and just cut directly across the entire front of the hood. So we talk, talked about that with this. And then we also talked about uh, up by the uh, glass, removing um, on a bit of an angle, uh, you can cut and then take out the uh, hinges so then you can just peel the hood back it'll like kind of pivot on the latch itself uh so we just talked about all of the access points like may maybe it was in an accident and that front side of the hood was smashed so maybe trying to get at that side of it isn't the most viable so yeah. there there's multiple options and we had a couple guys that went through there uh some uh, veteran guys tried it and they're like yeah this this thing is money mm -hmm. so um because that was always a pain again Back mm -hmm. to car, it's not dangerous, but it's a pain in the ass because yeah. you can't really leave. Like you can't leave the without opening and the engine compartment. Get in there at some mm -hmm. point. So you, have, so you know, always I'm you know I'm back talking to the chief or somebody, and then all I can hear is like bang, bang, smash, bang, 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 because guys are trying to get in the hood. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so now that we have the grinder, it's mm -hmm. gonna be way better because you know we could pull up the you know we could pull up the. Um, chop saw, yeah, yeah, but, but you know, the I mean, chop saws are so like, and then half the time that thing is like, rum, 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 rum. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. No, you have a lot, fail, lot more fail, finesse right? and control with, with oh, yeah. uh, the nine inch angle grinder, so, yeah, right, sure. versus the other one. And the other thing with you know, upgrading your hand tools, cordless hand tools, mm -hmm. especially like with all these Milwaukee brands and the different types of Milwaukee are so yeah. fucking handy. Uh, you think about what we talk about with RIT. You mm -hmm. get a building collapse. Oh, yeah. You get like there's so many uses to this, and now right. they're portable. It's battery operated. You need a team to take it in. Mm -hmm. Where you go, you're rocking. Well, and one thing we're we're gonna test coming up here is uh, we're actually gonna take a rifle sling off one of my off a rifle. Mm -hmm. uh, mine may have, <laughs> and we're gonna add, like a single point um, like military style one, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna sling it off this um, this grinder so that way when the guys are done grinding they can actually literally like, spin it kind of down by their side. And carry on with what they're doing because mm -hmm. you know we don't want to leave tools in the fire like we may have done before huh, Todd? <laughs> we, we may have our name on an award for that so yeah. you know and, and you never know yeah not saying this just for car fires but because this 
thing yeah. now lives in mm-hmm. our engine. Um, That's right. If mm-hmm. we, you know, we chop a gate and you let, and you put the tool down and you start advancing, oh, now we run into a door. Okay, now we got to cut again. So having that thing strapped to your side yeah. might be the move. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and we just talked about last week there with, um, you know, the worst case scenario, big, large MCIs, you have small teams now spreading out right. doing extrication and stuff with all these portable tools. It's mm-hmm. that much more versatile. And if you have the ability just to sling it and carry it easily and yeah. move on to the next job, it, mm-hmm. it just helps, right? Yeah. And I can... it's just, well, I was just going to say, it's just thinking outside the box and preparing for anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to I, use it. I, absolutely. Um, so on our rescue truck, we've got a grinder and a recip tool. Yeah. Um, so then we, we started to talk about back to uh, the roof prop. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we've got the recip. Um, it's got metal right, metal uh, blades right now. It's got metal blades, mm-hmm. but I mean, you could easily have um, a wood blade. Yeah. So you're up on the roof, and I mean, or whatever, uh, easy access. And these things, I mean, that's what they were initially designed for, is um, you know, cutting, mm-hmm. obviously. So it could be metal, could 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 be wood. Um, if you had the smaller kit on the rescue. On the engines, we could have the larger. So we've got the larger nine inch, and we could also have the larger recip saw mm-hmm. um, that could be used for for you know venting. Not initial because you definitely need to have that uh, saw for the plunge cut and yeah. blah blah blah. But um, I I can picture a ton of times where something like that would come in handy on, on the uh, fire seam. Going back to that uh, troublesome fire that we had out on yeah. um, south of town there. Yeah. yeah, I could see us putting that thing to work like crazy. So. Um, all of these battery powered tools, uh, we've, we've been really, really happy with what we've been using. Mm-hmm. Um, I, c- I can only see us building our kit. It, it makes our job as firefighters and doing rescues and everything else so much easier with a good variety of these cordless tools mm-hmm. that are lightweight and powerful, right? right. Like, especially with the different blades. Like I said, like, picture now we're going down an embankment. And not just a small bay. I'm talking like a steep one where you got to right. basket your, your team down with tools, right? right? To do an extrication. And now, well, what's in the bottom of banks and mountain cliffs and stuff? Usually fucking trees and wood. Yeah. So that might be in the ways. Hence, here comes the uh, the uh, cordless saws all right. Mm-hmm. Change your blades. You know, yeah. there, there's just so many ways to keep thinking. And it drives me a little crazy. <clears throat> excuse me, a little crazy when you see, um, you know, only one or two extra only metal blades or Diablo metal blades mm-hmm. with that sawzall. It's like, no, no, <laughs> we, we need a variety here. Yeah, for like, sure. Cause you never know what you're going to use it for. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we were even talking cause this grinder now lives n- near our irons or mm-hmm. where our forceful entry stuff is. And we're kind of looking at it going, this thing almost does everything the, the irons do. <laughs> cause mm-hmm. literally, you know, you could chop into a door. You could yeah. do the same, you could do the same V cut mm-hmm. out of a door knob that you could out of a, out of the car. And just yeah. you know, just push the door, like you know, there's because you're, you're then you're only cutting the door. You're not even damaging any of the uh, of the um, the jam. That's right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. There's there's lots of ways that they can work really nice. Like we practice with um, our uh, chop saw. You know, doing doing forceful entries yeah. and stuff as well, just mm-hmm. on doors. Like you can stick it between the jam and the yeah. door, and you know, cut. Yeah. Cut. But again, then sometimes some firefighters. You know, maybe vertically challenged, and it's a little heavier, so you're lifting up higher. Whereas, you know that uh, the grinder's way easier to handle, so much easier. And we actually ran into this the other day. We're having a bitch of a time getting through a door just on a water leak. So it was just a water leak. We didn't want to damage the shit out of this door. We could have forced entry a lot easier Mm -hmm. into this big hotel complex, but we would have completely destroyed their door. 
So knowing the water was draining and it wasn't that big of a deal, we were trying everything else to try and just pull it. So trying to pull that Mortise lock was becoming a bit of a pain because we didn't have the appropriate tool with us, unfortunately. So our, next, our go-to was we were going to cut off the one hinge that we yeah. couldn't pop, pop out. Mm-hmm. So we called for the portable grinder and then the guys were able to just uh, manipulate it and, and got in. Okay. But again, back to the cordless tools, that's why we want them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, and, you know, I think we brought this up recently because, you know, we, there's a prison near us. We're talking, wonder, I'm wondering, I want to see what the grinder, I don't want to see what the grinder can do, but, you know, these prison doors, not saying the cell door where, they, where the inmate is, but, mm-hmm. you know, you get a problem, you get a fire where now the door is closed and, the, and it's everything's running with electronics, you can't get in there. Well, you can't just force entry at one of those doors. You gotta, you're gonna have to chop it up. Yeah. And uh, I think from because a lot of our burn building is actually made out of old prison doors because there was a courthouse that was closed, and so we are um, renovating. So we, we got some of their old doors that they were getting rid of. Um, so those are actually uh, cell doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to try one of those grinders and see how fast it goes through those doors because those doors aren't yeah. really they're not solid steel. They're they yeah. have uh, mm-hmm. kind of um, like a honeycomb inside. I'd like to see what that can do. Because there's, you know, there's that possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be it'd be good to push the limits of the of the nine inch grinder too, and mm-hmm. just to see, you know, how long that battery lasts for yeah. how much, you know, the, the different gauge mm-hmm. of metal that you guys are using, and uh, and the type of wheels too, mm-hmm. the discs. So that is a really good point, because uh, we were going back and forth, and we were talking about the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. So pro and con, pro is the battery is always ready to go. Um, there's no pull start where you're pull, pull, yeah. pull, 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 right? That's um, more plug bag. Exactly. Bag. We fouled yeah. up the plug or uh, we forgot to buy the mix fuel because we've actually tra- uh, we've transitioned to just buying the fuel stabilized pre-mixed fuel. Um, but still, like it's on the saw, it's your pull, pull, pull. These things don't get ran and operated. We run them after uh, calls, so we're doing our uh, yeah. truck checks and stuff. But it's still not, I mean, they're they're not utilized like they should be. And they're always a pain in the ass, especially if you're going to be hoisting them up on a roof or you're going to be it's pulling dragons. Yeah, it's cold yeah. and shitty. And um, I mean, my saws is still, and it doesn't start for shit. And it's brand new. Once it fires up the first time, it'll fire it up immediately for the rest of the weekend. Mm-hmm. But the first time, even if I start it at the house and then pull it out <laughs> to wherever I'm going camping, it's still. Well, even that, uh, <laughs> even the roof prop this week, mm-hmm. this last week, you know, the guy started started the saw down below. We handed up to them on the prop, and then um, Carl again. He was the first one up. As soon as he grabs the saw, he goes, he's he's like just goes to hit the button. Like, yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> dies on him. Yeah, hand it back down to the guy below him, and Kevin's trying to start it up. <laughs> <It's> like, mm. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the downside of that. For the uh, gas powers, they can be finicky. The, yeah. So the plus side for the battery is well, it's ready to rock. Yep. The downside of the battery is once your battery is dead, you can't just pour a new battery in, yeah. you know, unless you have a battery bank. So yep. that's, again, something to think about. Um, right now, we have one. It's a large battery, so it lasts. Like, we, we got through one, two, three, four, four, like, solid cuts, um, lengthy cuts, and there was still two-thirds of the charge left like it yeah. was it was a, a good quality like a larger um a larger battery with uh, better reserve and it was uh, um still a lot a lot of life left but what if we have 
two cards. What do we have? Mm-hmm. What are we using it for something else? You know, now once that battery's dead, the battery's dead. Mm-hmm. So other than you resort back to going to the gas step, or you make sure you have multiple batteries. So our new engine, which we're designing, will have shore power in that cabinet yeah. with a it has, own, it has own, yeah, its yeah. own cabinet that we have designated for battery operated tools. For sure. Yeah. That was, and we were chatting about this the other day, Ash, <clears throat> you know, uh, when we were specking out our rescue truck mm-hmm. um, last year, we're kind of thinking the same thing. Like we had one whole cabinet planned out with yeah. a charging bank for the Milwaukee stuff, and that's going to be associated with some portable lights yep. um, and, and all the hand tools. And we had the rep actually come and he brought all those, all his goodies. Mm-hmm. So we abused the shit out of all of them. Like, yeah, the uh, the chainsaw. Yeah, um, I want to demo the chainsaw. The chainsaw was it, it was all right. You know, it did its job. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm used to using a heavier still. Um, yeah. Uh, but again, it's it's the blade. It you know once you mm-hmm. put a little love into the blade, it'll cut and pull a lot nicer. For but sure. it cut just fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, just for that portable sake, and you know, it doesn't yeah. have to be your go-to. That's right. It, it worked really well. Right. Uh, when I was cutting up other things with other rebar and anything else we could find in the building lots beside us. We were hacking through stuff and yeah, it worked really well. Not with the chainsaw, nice. but <laughs> yeah, for sure. other grinders and chop yeah. saws. And yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, yeah. When you're talking cordless um, and battery upper tools is to have some of those spare batteries kick around. Mm-hmm. You know, then we talk about the battery operated um, hand tools too, like spreaders and cutters, mm-hmm. rounds, right. things like that. Right. They're yeah. super versatile. I know uh, Miles from Team, uh, they carry one on the chopper as well, mm-hmm. uh, on a combi, yep. and it's, it's fantastic. And we've all used those in AutoX in our training and stuff, and yeah, they're really. pretty fun. Well, technology's progressed so well over the years, it's like... Well, the battery in those are so much better than it used to. Remember when they yeah. first came out, they were yeah. fucking which, yeah. dead right Which I think I mentioned before, which was unfortunate, because for the longest time... Um, you know, the, the guys that were around when we demoed those things, yeah, guys were like, those are garbage. Like, yeah. Give me a, give me a uh, gas powered engine any day. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but that was 15 years ago. Like yeah. way better now. Yeah. Everything's changed. Yeah. Firefighting's changed yeah. and t- technology's changed. Absolutely. And we're not getting rid of our gas powered options. No. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is just tools to the toolbox, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like on, on a rescue truck, having that, that hydraulic powered off, off the truck, I mean, that's awesome. Like that's yeah. always quote always going to work. Um, they're they're strong. They work like a hot hot damn. Um, but as the backup kit, I mean that's where I'm loving yeah. it. So we've got our our uh, second engine kind of does that that whole catch all. So it does uh, structure protection, um, and it also does uh, a road some some light road rescue. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I mean that is an awesome spot to have those battery powered tools mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if that's something that we look at down the road I, i'd love to to get my hands on them and maybe i mean we do have an auto X course coming up uh, i don't know if any tools will be coming up with the instructors i don't know what they're doing i'd really like to get my hands on and like see just how far they've come because again you know back when when i started that was the, the whole talk is you yeah. have one bad experience and they're shit forever. Yeah. Well, even back then, like it was, they were good. Just the battery life sucked. Like the actual tools themselves were good. It was yeah. the same company no that was better. offering the tools, right? Yeah. So battery life has come so far. Um, is it a replacement? No, but it's an awesome yeah. add-on. Absolutely. Especially when we start doing our practices with, uh, you know, doing two cars at once, you know, sure. and you're swapping tools back and forth. Like in those AutoX courses when they have 
you know, a whole variety of the tools to choose from. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. You know, you yeah. get it really helps the variety. And then, uh, yeah, having two sets like you guys have is mm-hmm. really nice. I mean, we just have the one set right now. Um, but hopefully in the very near future, we'll have All a battery powered right. one as well. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else on those, those guys? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I think that's uh, kind of nails our yeah, Milwaukee sponsorship coming up. Yeah, yeah. come on, Milwaukee. <laughs> Anybody listening that knows Milwaukee, send them our way. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, there's a lot of good tools out there that are the same, but, you know, we For all sure. use, I use Milwaukee in my shop at home. Um, yeah. We have Milwaukee on our department, you guys as well. Uh, that's, I don't know. We've always used those. The old, the farm works good. Yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, shout outs, boys. Let's do uh, start off with Modus. Who wants to take that? Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, no, you got it. Uh, Modus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we can't make this the longest Modus shout out like, like Usual. we usually do. Um, so, yeah, Modus, um, they uh, started out with the old Snagger tool, which we've all uh, used, love. Um, that's kind of the. the uh, kind of claim claim to fame for them but they've also got their uh wedges both the uh, 4th century and their uh um soft wedge uh they've got their hydrant wrench they've got their mini spanners they've got their shove knife they've got their lloyd tool lloyd tool is it lloyd yeah lloyd lloyd right <laughs> is it lloyd or is it lloyd lloyd, lloyd. lloyd. <laughs> i don't know but it's that one <laughs> so they're definitely getting more into the uh, passive entry, yeah. uh, which is, uh, you know, cool. Um, so check them out on all of their social medias. They're on Facebook and Instagram and such. Um, we've got some video of us using them, uh, their uh, shove knife. We've got some video of as well. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out on our end. If you like what you see there, uh, there's a discount code, uh, DTFF5. It's going to get you 5% off your next purchase. And uh, the crew over at Modus is very, very thankful for uh, all the people jumping on, on board. Um, there's been a lot of you that have utilized the uh, mm-hmm. code there, and you know we we appreciate that because that keeps our relationship with them going. And uh, I mean they appreciate it because they're making money, so <laughs> I'm sure they're happy about that. That's right. <laughs> it was just a one L, just a Lloyd tool. Lloyd, not Lloyd. Right, Lloyd Christmas. Yeah, hopefully we get one of those and we can play with that thing soon. For sure. Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I've got, I have um, one of those, but without the little rubber handle. Oh, yeah. Maybe that one that was, I thought they sent two up. Did you guys get one? No? <laughs> well, okay, what never mind. Shit. Maybe that <laughs> Where'd you get it from? <laughs> we had our big stack of stuff for a long while. There's back. a Lloyd tool in there? Yeah. What? Oh. Little sticky hands right before we saw it. Oh, <laughs> Look at that. You fucking gave it to me. Give <laughs> <laughs> me though. <laughs> no, yeah, you took the you, had the you took the shove knife, and I took that one. Huh. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a swap. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. <laughs> Man, all right, well. the old tide tides have turned here. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's no handle attached to that one, like no one right. thing. So I think right. it just when it it was just coming out when they sent us this. The stack. Huh. Yeah. That's awesome. You didn't remember that? No. Seriously. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Well, never mind that. 
Modus. Ignition USA, anyone? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm creeping the Modus page. I'm looking oh. at all the Yeah, they got some. We gotta, right? Yeah, we got to throw some more uh, yeah. Yeah. stuff up there. Um, Ignition USA, C-Rat, um, Passive Entry Tool. Yeah, there's not much to say about it. <laughs> I mean, it does 11 different things. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant Swiss Army knife of passive entry. Yep. Um, yeah. We're, we're still not sure if he's in Texas. I hope he's not in Texas with all the uh, mm-hmm. with all the bad weather. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, code still works as well. It, it still works, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, TTFF 2020. 2020. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Texas, before we jump, yeah, because <laughs> this is how we usually get off topic. Um, I've been seeing a lot of backlash from from people, uh, you know, especially on the old TikTok, actually, of uh, Canadians being like, "Come on, Texas, figure it out." Like, we're, <laughs> we're cold all the time. I don't think people realize how ill prepared Texas is for cold weather. Right? Like, they get their like they, they literally call it their snow day. It hmm. happens once. So they got snowed, and now it's substantially above freezing again and they're back to texas weather yeah. they are not prepared for this and, this and is wrecking they, yeah they, they don't need to be like no typically like oh you should be prepared for anything well should you like are we prepared yeah. for 100 well we might be in our area mm-hmm. but you know like look at a place like toronto or you know if right. say if winnipeg had a uh had 102 which is like 45 yeah. degree weather one for a week how many that would be like people would be dying because yeah. they would they yeah, don't have crazy. air conditioning yeah. probably um, you know, Vancouver, most of those guys don't have air conditioning in there. Yeah. So they'd be, you know, there was always heat emergencies going on That's in right. the summer. So, mm-hmm. and, but everybody seems to forget that. It's like, yeah. Like their building code, you're seeing the, all these photos coming out yeah. of like their pipes are, <laughs> yeah, the pipes are freezing oh, and it's not just water flowing. It's now this frozen water. Frozen waterfall. Absolutely. Well, then hydrants, cause they don't have, they don't yeah. have dry barrel hydrants like we do. No, they're all, yeah, they're probably all wet barrels. Yeah. Yeah. Water so, supplies. So there's Fox, reports yeah. of structure fires where the firefighters can fight because they have That's no right. water. That's right. They had to shuttle water. Yeah. yeah like, they no water. Easy, but like, yeah. they're not set up as yeah. you know adequately for tender support because they're a municipal department That's right. that has hydrants out the ass <laughs> yeah. until it freezes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Um, and it wasn't just a simple one, like you said, like a, a, a one week. event. This was like yeah. a week long mm-hmm. where shit's going to freeze. You That's know, right. Like frost line. And like they can handle up in the power and da 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 for 24, 48 hours. Yeah. But when it's, you know, well, well beyond that. And, uh, Even one of our guys, um, Dennis was saying, and he did it was on his trade show runs. He was talking right. about how, like, when you're in Texas, Texas is a big state. It's not mm-hmm. some dinky little thing. Um, he says, you know, you're in northern Texas, you will run into like weird freezing rain where it's like, it's not like freezing rain around here where we get a little bit. Cause usually around here it's either really cold. So it's snow mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. or it's wet. It's, there's not a whole lot of days where it's straight freezing rain, but the days right. we do have straight freezing rain, doesn't matter what kind of winter tires you have. You're, you're, you're skating on like, ice, it's like a yeah. hockey puck. Yeah. yeah. The hockey exactly. pucks slide across the ice really well. So the four <laughs> wheels, mm-hmm. <laughs> four tires slide across <laughs> the ice perfectly. So, um, yeah, it's just going to happen. Yeah. It's crazy. Eh? Yeah, yeah, just looking at a picture pulled up. Yeah, literally massive icicles hanging out of a ceiling from a ceiling fan yeah. where all the water lines have, have burst in an apartment building. Like, just their their building codes, they're not up to, up yeah. to stuff for this cold weather. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, so. Yeah. Give Texas a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Christ. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, Mission USA. Yeah, Mission USA. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, DTF. D- DTFF 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stop the Bleed. Stopthebleed.org. Uh, go online, check them out. Uh, it'll find out if there is a uh, course or a provider near you that will instruct it. Um, we preach a lot. Go online. Check us out as well. We have the course content on there. And um, just kind of from an pers- instructor perspective. Uh, so we always talk about uh, direct pressure, um, wound packing, and tourniquet application, and making it uh, fun and high fidelity. I was uh, listening to a podcast, uh, Mike Drop, which is Mike Ritland, the dog trainer guy. Mm. He had a guy named, Clint, it's actually an older podcast, uh, Clint Emerson was on, and he was, he was a SEAL and such. But he was talking about how, um, he was unfortunately, what's happened with tourniquets now, they become the... They become the go-to for everybody. And, yeah. And, you know, people, he goes, people are missing the, people are missing the first two parts of those that we just talked about. <laughs> the, like, direct, direct the direct pressure, pressure yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> Wound packing. And then the tourniquet as mm. like, you know, because he goes, everybody's like, you know, you get a, like a, a flesh wound or you, you know, you get it, cut yourself with a knife or tourniquet. a paper cut, paper cut and tourniquet. tourniquet's on right away. And he's like, mm, yeah. you know, they, they still do some harm to you. <laughs> it's still not like. You know, like it freaking hurts. Like right. I've talked about, yeah. like when we teach these courses, especially when we're teaching the law enforcement stuff. Um, I don't know because we're allowed to abuse them a little bit more. Um, we, uh, <laughs> you know, we make them. I, well, I do, anyways. <laughs> I remember I called you that one time because yeah. we were we were putting them on tight. <laughs> and I called you. I'm like, hey, am I allowed? To, should we put these on as tight as I am <laughs> for these guys? And you're like, yeah, it's totally fine. Just don't form any blood clots <laughs> but, for a long time. But, you know, we're yeah. we're putting them on for only like a minute, but I want them on so the guys feel it. And mm-hmm. then we're like, okay, now imagine an hour, two yeah. hours, four hours until you get into a trauma center until it, because it, as soon as you get to a trauma center, they're not just going to cut the tourniquet off either. No, they're going to slow, do the slow on, release. And, until you uh, get into OR too, maybe. Yeah, they're going to be doing all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff to you before before that tourniquet comes off. So yeah. it, hours and hours and hours you get this tourniquet on. So don't just go throw, throw a freaking tourniquet on yourself. Mm-hmm. Try the other stuff. Unless it's actively like, you know, massive hemorrhage and, yeah. you know, which we talk about what that looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's great having a tourniquet on you, and I, you know, you always carry one on you, got one on me right now, but also remember the direct pressure. Yeah, exactly, and that's what we teach as well in that course, it's part of the, the process is the direct pressure first, you know, wound pack if uh, necessary, depending on where it is yeah. on the body, and, um, you know, like, with direct pressure, and then some of these good pressure dressings that we have, you know, they'll, uh, they will work, yeah. you, know, you don't have to go to that tourniquet, right. you know, if it's not not stopping after you try those yeah yeah that's the next elevation right then yeah. off you go into the tourniquet land well and like when i when i'm teaching the law enforcement guys it's like one reason why you have a tourniquet is because then you don't need to be there like you can mm-hmm. put the tourniquet on the person that's shot yeah so if it's an active shooter yeah. situation with the law enforcement guys you know you help the guy put the tourniquet on and then you carry on looking for the shooter or you carry mm-hmm. on looking for more um people that have been shot so you know, you don't have to sit there with both hands on this guy because once you're both hands doing direct pressure, now you're tied up. Yeah. Um, now you cannot leave um, unless you get another bystander. Exactly. Um, so the tourniquet is is like that hands-free method as well. <clears throat> yeah, and that's super important when we start talking about, like we mentioned in the past, with the rescue task force and, and you know, active shooter events and planning. Mm-hmm. And that's where don't just carry one tourniquet. That's why yeah. we plan these IFAC kits mm-hmm. with multiple tourniquets. And then people in law enforcement to have you know, generally at least two tourniquets on them, yeah. one for themselves and then one for somebody else if necessary or both for them. 
because uh, you guys are trained to use yeah. theirs if they're injured, yeah. right? And we train them to use theirs and yeah. use the one on them. And then uh, if it needs a second, use the one you have on you mm-hmm. um, or one from the first aid kit when it comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Stuff uh, Yeah, go online, check us out as well on the uh, on the YouTube there. We've got our content as well and some options for some of those high fidelity sims mm-hmm. uh, for the practicing that we talk about as well. Make it as realistic and as fun as possible. Um, next, we have Tanner Olson. Yeah, um, so he is having a new album come out soon. Um, he messaged me. What the hell was it? I think I lost it. Oh, there it is. Um, I asked him if he has any live or... Any live or broadcasts coming up? He said, yeah, we are releasing our new single, Treated Me Well, February 26th, and then doing a full band live stream show on the 27th. Awesome. On all platforms. Sweet. So we'll put that up. Yeah, we'll share that out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Good one to see. Excellent. Um, and then maybe again, when uh, we enter the world of uh, seminar, mm. maybe we'll get to see him live up here. Right. That'd be fun. It would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, lastly, we have us. So please go online, check us out uh, on Facebook as well. Give us a like, give us a comment, send us some messages. Um, YouTube as well. YouTube is a big one as well. Subscribe or, or um, give us a like and some comments on there as well. Um, Instagram and slowly but surely, maybe the TikToks again. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I think once we start to get the uh, video content. Um, rolling again. We'll definitely hit up the TikTok. It's uh, it's crazy, the algorithm or whatever that you can get yourself in mm-hmm. on there. Um, I'm currently stuck on the Call of Duty TikTok. <laughs> Every time I open, I open it up, I'm like, man, have I liked that many that this is all it's giving me? Which is good because it's gotten away from the, yeah. some of the other ones. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's a lot of firefighter stuff on on, yeah, on there as well. Just we're not updating right now because we yeah. can't get out and film just because of everything that's happening. So um, once all of this stuff starts to uh, loosen just a little bit, where where mm. where we can do some extra stuff. If you um, get some light next week, you can film the old um, yeah the saw sure. going through the uh, roof. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that'd, yeah, that'd be, be really good, good. Uh, yeah. absolutely. And then, uh, sort of just to follow up on last week's shout out. So we shared out, we talked about it last week and then we shared it, um, er earlier on Sunday, uh, firefighter, uh, from Bowen Island, Mm -hmm. Matt, uh, Laudrum, I think, um, he's, uh, so it turns out it's actually a, uh, a a reoccurring cancer. He's uh, had it once, once before it's, uh, reoccurred. So he is, uh. Uh, fighting right now. Um, I don't know if his wife or girlfriend or friend um, actually reached out to us and shared a little bit more info of what's happening there. Uh, they're coming up on a third to halfway to their goal of what they're looking for. Uh, they definitely appreciate everything that uh, um, you know. You guys have all been been uh, helping out. Um, I know it's uh, uh, a pretty tough position to be in Bowen Island. They're just off the coast of Vancouver. It's yeah. a pretty small, small community. Um, and uh, actually, I, I got a little info of their, uh, of their department. So Excellent. they are a full volunteer department, uh, about 30 people. Um, and Bowen Island's, I mean, it's, it's, actually, it's a pretty big island. It's um, a big island overall, but there's, like, there's no real infrastructure there. It's no. a very touristy little kind mm-hmm. of cottage community yeah. type of building. Yeah, just a small ferry takes you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
he said that uh, he was kind of that quote Bowen boy, which means like mm-hmm. born and born and raised, kind of always been there, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, check check that out again. Uh, definitely would appreciate any uh, help help and support. Um, yeah, we're hope, hoping for good things. I, I don't know what the di- diagnosis and such looks like, but uh, yeah, we definitely wish him the best. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if anybody that's listening can can reach out and give any sort of kind of support mm-hmm. um there's that gofundme information as well on there absolutely yeah that uh that would go a long ways yeah awesome thanks ash absolutely um anything else there boys that we uh need to add uh call our quits for tonight i got no more for no more no for more all right <laughs> thank you ash scott no i'm good <laughs> all right well thank you everybody for listening you guys have a uh safe night and uh, stay safe and stay BTFF. <laughs>